This is the old fox. It's a pub in the village where I grew up. It used to be one of those pubs. A little shitty den with the smell of cigarettes hanging in the air. Smell absorbed into the carpet from before the smoking ban. But it was it was authentic. It was scuzzy and warm and wonderful. It was the only place uh, in town kids weren't ID'd. They'd stand at the bar and ask for a beer. History books poking out of their rucksacks. Watching over, sniggering, would be a ragtag group of older men. Owners lived upstairs. Um, oh, and the bathroom had a condom machine in it that sold novelty condoms. Astounding to think of the progress society has made, isn't it? Giraffes, elephants, on your penis as a contraceptive. I'm not saying I, I bought one of these novelty condoms. I'm just I'm just painting a picture of the environment. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure who would be buying a novelty condom here. If anyone did, it was out of either boredom or desperation. And there's a case to be made that those are basically the same thing. Anyway, I'm straight. The fox was a landmark. Those empties, mate. Yeah, they're done. Cheers. Where the door swings open, uh, there used to be a leather chair. See it? That's Steve's chair. That's all I've got for you. No surname. Steve. Wonderful, no-nonsense name. Steve was a legend of the town. He was my England. He was broad and happy, and the ground shook under his feet. Shook with every step, like he was some pagan god of some sort. I used to imagine him building the Stonehenge himself, carrying the slabs, one in each hand. And communities are like buildings, you know, they, they have things that keep the roof from falling down. In that sense, Steve was a pillar, a magnificent marble column. He's friends with everyone, uh, and a million stories to tell, and a million ways to tell those stories. When he stood up and told a story I was in awe that a man could hold people's concentration like that on my 15th birthday he bought me a pint of cider and made me drink it behind his back so no one could see I drank half and ran to the toilet immediately throwing up all over the floor <laughs> Steve must have uh, sensed the eruption was coming because he rushed in and um, I mean it I must have looked like a lamb at an abattoir or something. But he raised me up on his shoulder and ran out into the bar shouting, A boy has become a man. <laughs> I get so hammered with him and whatever group of men were orbiting around him. And then I would stumble back home, sneak in the back door and hope my parents didn't hear. I really liked Steve. One, two, one, two. Oh, the band's starting to play. To a crowd of... Well, it's five, including me. 
Go on, mate, play Wonderwall. Shut up, mate. Come on, we. You're my Wonderwall. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Jesus. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, where was I? He used to tell this story about how the fox got its name. There was a, a rebellion against King James II in uh, 1685. Only it wasn't, you know, proper. It was a bunch of farmers roaming around Devon and Somerset waving pitchforks and stuff. The Pitchfork Rebellion, they called it. James was Catholic. Uh, Southwest was a bit Protestanty. Lots of shouting, questions raised about whether he was rightful heir to the throne from his father. Um, a force was raised of about 6,000 people. The aim, I guess, being in the end to march on London. But James saw this and ordered them to be crushed completely. King's men just obliterated any opposition. There were a couple of battles, but well, battles makes it sound more two-sided than it actually was. And then uh, they started arresting people, hanging people. It was savage. They, um, they set up this sort of roving court that was called the Bloody Assizes. There was this trick they did where they told people to confess, and if they said they weren't rebels, uh, they were hung straight away in the town square. There are towns nearby where on the road in, bodies hung from the trees like horrific welcome to signs. The town I'm in was devastated by this, just a huge number of able men dead. In 1685, the Old Fox was a tavern called the Old Ale House, I think. The King's men took over as Hall of Residence. There was this fox that used to visit, right, uh, nibbling on any leftovers thrown away and stuff. And drunk one night, the soldiers were firing off guns. One of them finds the fox creeping into the yard, uh, up to the usual spot. He runs out there, and they spend the best part of the evening chasing it down. They pin it down in the end, and point blank, shoot it through the head. And then they, um, they chuck the body in a cart with the other murdered. Shortly after it got the new sign and new name, the sign that swings above the old fox's front door uh, depicts a soldier with the fox by its legs like a, a sidekick of some sort, like a trusted partner. Of course it was just a fox, but it was it was linked to the town, wasn't it? Just just the idea of it is it's savage. It's um My old fox, the uh the one I know. Never earned much money. Didn't attract new customers, barely got by. No food, no events, no social media presence. Jesus, that's a thought. Don't think Peter and Lindsay owned a laptop. Anyway, they got an offer from uh, some bloke who had the idea of turning it into a gastropub. Peter wanted to take the cash, Lindsay didn't. Uh, no one else in the pub wanted to either. 
Steve, oh, Steve definitely didn't want the place to go. Uh, he said he was going to do something about it. Anyway, um, the bloke was some guy who inherited land. Story goes, one night after he made the offer, he was doing something in his garden, or watering the plants or whatever. Uh, but he, he hears this growl in the hedges. So he creeps over to have a look, and out of the overgrowth leaps this fox. And it attacks him. Claws rampaging against his skin, teeth biting into flesh. He protected his neck, but the, uh, the injury was horrific. Screamed for help, and his wife charged over to find him in the dirt, covered in blood. Apparently, he had to have a new eye made. Call it divine intervention. The land fighting back against intruders. <laughs> Love that sort of stuff. I have my suspicions about whether it was an actual fox or not. <laughs> they sold, of course. The old fox, as it was, uh, is gone. The one that I knew. It became an average gastropub, selling fancy fish and chips for stupid prices. And people flocked to it for a while because they thought they should. Because the whole point of life in Middle England is to try... Uh, as hard as you can to not look poor. But that didn't last because, well, who knows why. And then it went downhill. They cut corners and became shit. Now it's this. Still called the old fox, but it's like some cheap reverse engineered weather spoons, laminated menus with fucking steak Saturday on them. Five different TVs displaying some fucking football match being played in Siberia. We don't need this much football. I mean, what the fuck is going on with these TVs? Oh, mate, I, I warned you. Right, it's time to leave. You've had enough. Right, I'm going. Your fun. Let's go. Right, yes. Nothing like how oh, it works. Mate. It used to be Hurry a up. fucking community. I'm going. Don't touch me. Don't touch Get off. Get off me, you fat fuck. Ah, fuck. Here's your bloody microphone. <laughs> ah, fuck. <sighs> My parents are moving. That's not the end of the world. I, I don't mean it to sound like the end of the world. But I'm stuck in London, just going through the motions. Grey offices, indistinct bars full of chatter and nonsense and £15 pints and dating apps and never having money and it's all just flying by merging into this block of experience and I want I want to grab onto something that I know right but everything has changed shape or it's not what it used to be or I came back from London a few months ago for the weekend I was stuck inside and the parents were arguing about forks not sure what two converse points could be in an argument about forks. Um, so I left for the old fox. I walk in the door and it felt barren and cold. No scuzzy warm hug. In the corner by the window I see Steve. 
looking at everything going by like he's sat on a train. And there's this feeling in my stomach where I'm like, yes, solid ground. I can't see any of the blokes Steve used to drink with. They must have shifted to a different pub. Maybe the captain down by the train station. Steve's wearing the same rugby top as I remember, with blobs of food stains on it. He sees me and he hugs me with this bear-like grip. I'm a few inches taller than him at this point, so it's it's an odd perspective. <laughs> he used to feel huge, but now he's now he's not. We drink and we drink and we drink, me paying. He tells me his stories, you know, the back catalogue. All the greatest hits. I know the beats like I'm I'm singing along to um an old song. And he fills in a few gaps. Stag do's, people we knew have passed away. I see a man through a prism, really. He's the same as he was, but entirely different. He lives in zones. Old Fox is at the centre, everything else is in an outer zone. Last order's bell rings and we leave the place. I feel a bit pissed, so um, when Steve says let's find a place that's still serving, I think best not. Also, this is a small town. Last order's one place means last order's everywhere. But we don't make a decision. Instead, we just walk for a few minutes. Not sure where we're going. Um, Steve is a few steps ahead. Then we round a corner, and there's this nondescript van parked up on the pavement with windows padded with something. Steve doesn't look at me. He opens the door, revealing a bed covered in beer cans and takeaway boxes. And he looks, he looks so small. When I said goodbye at the van, he gave me this grin. Um, looking on beyond where I was stood. I swivelled round and I saw a fox. This proud-looking, beautiful thing, its eyes glinting in the moonlight. Steve opened up a container of takeaway food, Chinese, I think, and put it on the ground by his feet. Then he whistled to the fox. It padded over quietly, bowed its head and ate from the Tupperware incredibly gently. And Steve made these little cooing noises. I don't know how I feel about that. Never seen him look after anything. But he was just looking for firm ground to plant his feet on while everything around him moved at this, this gallop. That was the last time I saw him. His van was found in the woods a few days ago. The door was open and um, and he was nowhere to be seen. His identity was stories, traditions, all the lived experiences of people that have come before him told through a drunken haze. But he was a person and and people make places, otherwise there would be no stories to tell.